0: Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates. On today's show, I'm going to go over the capture of the alleged Gilgo Beach slash Long Island serial killer. The name of the guy they captured is Rex A. Hewerman, H-E-U-E-R-M-A-N-N. And uh, he's allegedly killed at least three that they're uh, mentioning in this bail application that I'm going to read. I suspect he's probably committed more. He's 50. He was 59 at the time of his capture and um, can get pretty graphic. Some of the stuff might be a little graphic, but I'm going to show this, some pics and some bids and go over a few websites. But I do think it's a really interesting case. There was this whole Gilgo Beach. There was a documentary on Netflix. There were tons of podcasts. So people were very interested in this case. And a task force was set up in Suffolk County on Long Island and they did some great police work and they found the guy who did it. So they traced everything back. And I think that uh, this bail application has information very interesting from kind of a criminal procedural investigation standpoint. So I will read this and I'll try to uh, excise some of the more graphic stuff. They caught him on a, Fake email or a different name doing uh, ser- porn searches, very graphic porn searches. So, some of those I'll leave out, but I think the fact that he was interested in watching people get tortured and, and people crying, I think, is very telling. So, here we go. People of the state of New York against Rex A. Hewerman. This is from the bail application. He was arrested on Friday. So, it was about three days ago. Today is July 17th. Defendant Rex A. Hewerman stands before this court charged by the grand jury with murder in the first degree and the death of Melissa Barthelemy, murder in the first degree, Megan Waterman, murder in the first degree, Amber Costello, murder in the second degree, Melissa Barthelemy, murder in the second degree, Megan Waterman, and murder in the second degree, Amber Costello. As described below, based on the serious, heinous nature of these serial murders, the planning and forethought that went into these crimes, the strength of the people's case, length of incarceration the defendant faces upon conviction the extended period of time that this defendant was able to avoid apprehension his recent searches for sadistic materials child pornography images of the victims and their relatives counter surveillance conducted online as to the criminal investigation his use of fictitious names burner email and cell phone accounts and his access to and history of possessing firearms the only means to ensure defendant rex a hewerman's return To court is to remand him without bail. Discovery of the victims. On December 11th, 2010, police officer John Malia was conducting a training exercise with his canine partner Blue along Ocean Parkway in Gilgo Beach, Suffolk County, New York. During the course of the training exercise, Blue located a set of human remains. The remains were later identified to be those of Melissa Barthelemy. Two days later, on December 13th, 2010, the SCPD continued to search in proximity to where the remains of Melissa Bartholomew were recovered. On that date, members of the SCPD found three additional sets of human remains within one quarter mile of the first discovery. And then see this image below. These three additional sets of remains were identified as as those of Maureen Brainerd Barnes, Megan Waterman, and Amber Costello. The cause of death of all four women was determined to be homicidal violence. And i think they were all strangled something like that but you can see this picture uh, and i'll show it later on the map where these people were found but this is kind of like a body farm there were like 10 or 15 different bodies found in, in additional searches of this area um, out at gilgo beach the investigations into these deaths were linked as and in addition to other factors the victims each appeared to have been placed in close proximity to one another 22 to 33 feet from the edge of the parkway. All were petite females, approximately 22 to 27 years old, believed to be working as sex workers. All had missing clothing and personal possessions. All had been killed by homicide. All had contact shortly before their disappearances with a person using a burner cell phone, i.e. cell phones without an associated verified identity. And the cell phones of two of the four victims, Brainerd, Barnes, and Bartholomew, were used by the killer after their deaths. In addition, each of the four victims were found similarly positioned, bound in a similar fashion by either belts or tape, and with three of the victims found wrapped in burlap type material. And then I'm going to read this kind of footnote. Although the defendant is not yet charged with any crimes as to the disappearance and murder of Miss Brainerd Barnes that set forth below, Defendant Rex A. Hewerman is the prime suspect in her death and the investigation, which is continuing and expected to be resolved soon. Moreover, there is substantial evidence of defendant Hewerman's involvement in the disappearance and death of Miss Brainerd Barnes, which evidence closely fits the modus operandi of the defendant in relation to the deaths of the three other women, which supports the current charges. As such, this bail application contains descriptions of that evidence, which demonstrates the strength of the people's case as currently charged. Recent investigation. In January 2022, the Suffolk County District Attorney's Office assigned an experienced team of investigators, analysts, and prosecutors to work jointly with law enforcement partners from the Suffolk County Police Department, New York State Police, Suffolk County Sheriff's Office, and Federal Bureau of Investigation, FBI. A comprehensive review of every item of evidence and information in this investigation was undertaken by the team. On March 14, 2022, approximately two months into the renewed joint investigation, This comprehensive review led to the discovery of a first generation chevrolet avalanche that was registered to defendant rex a huerman at the time of these murders as described below this was significant because a witness to the disappearance of amber costello identified a first generation chevrolet avalanche as the vehicle believed to have been driven by her killer this discovery led to a comprehensive investigation of defendant huerman Which consisted of over 300 subpoenas search warrants and other legal processes to obtain evidence as discussed more fully below among the items uncovered were cell phone billing records for defendant Hewerman corresponding to cell site locations for one the burner cell phones used to arrange meetings with three of the four victims two the taunting calls made to a relative of miss barthelemy three a call made by a detective to Miss Bartholomew's cell phone while looking into her disappearance. And four calls checking voicemail on Miss Brainerd Barnes' cell phone after her disappearance. In addition, Hewerman lived in Massapequa Park, where the victims were believed to have disappeared from, and he worked in Midtown Manhattan, in the vicinity where the taunting calls were made to the sister of Miss Bartholomew. As set forth more, more fully below, Defendant Rex H. A. Hewerman is believed to be the person who used the burner cell phones to communicate with each of the four victims prior to their disappearance and who used Miss Brainerd Barnes's cell phone and Miss Bartholomew's cell phones after their deaths. Both defendant Hewerman and these burner cell phones had significant connections to both Midtown Manhattan and Massapequa Park, New York. The disappearance and murder of Maureen Brainerd Barnes. Maureen Brainerd Barnes was last seen on July 9, 2007 in New York City. At that time, she was believed to be working as a sex worker. On July 6, 2007, Miss Brainerd Barnes' cell phone was contacted by a burner cell phone. Between July 6, 2007 and July 9, 2007, there were 16 interactions between this burner phone and Brainerd Barnes' cell phone. On July 9, 2007, the last cell site location for the Brainerd Barnes' cell phone was at approximately 11.56 p.m. in Midtown Manhattan near the 59th Street Bridge. Thereafter, the Brainerd Barnes cell phone had no further activity until July 12, 2007. On July 12, 2007, three days after her disappearance, two outbound calls were made from Brainerd Barnes' cell phone, checking her voicemail from a cell site location near the Long Island Expressway in Islandia. The Disappearance and Murder of Melissa Barthelemy Melissa Barthelemy was last seen on July 10, 2009 in New York City. At that time, she was believed to be working as a sex worker. On July 3rd, 2009, Ms. Bartholomew was contacted by a burner cell phone. Thereafter, the Bartholomew cell phone was contacted by this burner cell phone on July 6th, July 9th, and July 10th, 2009, which was the last day she was seen alive. On July 10th, 2009, cell site records indicate the burner cell phone traveled from Massapequa Park to Midtown Manhattan. Later that evening, the Bartholomew cell phone traveled from Midtown Manhattan to Massapequa, with the last cell site location being in Massapequa on July 11, 2009, at approximately 1.43 a.m. On July 11, 2009, Miss Bartholomew's cell phone was used to make an outbound call checking her voicemail from a site location in Freeport. On July 11th and July 12th, 2009, the Bartholomew phone made two more outbound calls checking her voicemail from cell site locations in Babylon. On July 7th, 17th, July 23rd, August 5th, August 19th, and August 26th, 2009, the Bartholomew phone made taunting phone calls to Miss Bartholomew's family members, some of which resulted in a conversation between the caller, who was a male, and a relative of Melissa Bartholomew, in which the male caller admitted killing and sexually assaulting Miss Bartholomew. As described below, the cell site locations of the Bartholomew phone during these taunting calls were all in midtown manhattan the disappearance disappearance and murder of megan waterman megan waterman was last seen alive at the holiday inn in apalachin new york on june 6 2010 at approximately 1:30 a.m. at that time she was believed to be working as a sex worker on june 5th 2010 ms waterman's cell phone was contacted by another burner cell phone which had just been activated that day Thereafter, the Waterman phone communicated with his burner cell phone on June 6, 2010 at approximately 1.31 a.m., which is around the time Megan Waterman was captured on video surveillance, exiting the Holiday Inn in Hapage for the last time. Following that communication, the burner cell phone had no further phone activity. However, cell site records show that the Waterman phone traveled to Massapequa Park with the last cell site location being in Massapequa Park at approximately 3.11 a.m., in the vicinity of the residence of the defendant, Hewerman. The Disappearance and Murder of Amber Costello Amber Costello was last seen alive on September 2nd, 2010, leaving her residence at 1112 America Avenue in West Babylon during the late evening hours. At that time, she was believed to be working as a sex worker. On September 1st, 2010, the day prior to the disappearance of Amber Costello, Ms. Costello's cell phone was contacted by a burner cell phone on September 1, 2010. This burner cell phone had communications with the Costello phone at approximately 11:33 p.m. and 11:34 p.m. During those communications, the burner cell phone connected to cell site towers in West Amityville and Massapequa Park. Thereafter, the burner cell phone traveled to West Babylon, in proximity to the residence of Amber Costello, and had contact with the Costello phone. At approximately 1205 a.m on september 2nd 2010 according to witnesses around the time of these communications between the burner cell phone and the costello phone on september 1 to 2 2010 a prostitution client showed up at miss costello's residence located in west babylon new york after the client entered the home a ruse was executed on the client whereby a person pretended to be the outraged boyfriend of amber costello and the client left from the residence while Amber Costello retained the money the client had brought to pay for her services. Based upon interviews, that client was described as a large white male, approximately 6'4 to 6'6 in height, in his mid-40s with dark bushy hair and a big oval style 1970s 1970s type glasses. A witness described him to police as appearing like an ogre. Furthermore, a witness noticed a first generation Chevrolet avalanche parked in the driveway of the residence. According to the witness, following the ruse, this client said he was just her friend, tell her I'll give her a call, and walked out the front door. Thereafter, at approximately 11.18 a.m. on September 2nd, after the ruse had been perpetrated, the burner cell phone sent a text message to the Costello phone, which stated, that was not nice, so do I get credit for next time? Phone records showed that the burner phone was located in Massapequa Park, within two minutes of this text message being sent according to a witness later that day on september 2nd 2010 miss costello was again contacted by the same client that was in the house the night before with the avalanche further amber told us he wanted to see her again but he didn't want to come back to the house because of her boyfriend thereafter on september 2nd 2010 at approximately 9 32 p.m the same burner cell phone from the previous evening again communicated with the costello phone during this communication, the burner cell phone used a cell site location in Midtown Manhattan. Following this communication and based upon the cell site records, the burner cell phone traveled to Massapequa Park and had contacts with the Costello phone at approximately 10:39 p.m. and 11:05 p.m. Cell site records for the burner phone indicate that approximately 11:17 p.m. the phone traveled to West Babylon in proximity to the residence of Amber Costello subsequently amber costello left her own cell phone behind walked out the front door of the residence and was seen alive for the last time shortly after miss costello left the house a witness observed a dark colored truck pass the house specifically coming from the direction amber had walked towards and then this is the uh, footnote this mirrors the physical attributes of defendant rex a huerman who was large was a large white male approximately 6'4 in height, in excess of 240 pounds in weight, with dark bushy hair, who wears eyeglasses and who was 46-year-old when Amber Costello went missing. Records establish that defendant Heuermann's wife was out of New York for the disappearances of Bartholomew, Waterman, and Costello. Significantly, travel records show that on July 8th, defendant Heuermann's wife departed the United States for Iceland. On August 18th, 2009, Defendant Hewerman's wife returned to the United States. Consequently, defendant Hewerman's wife was out of the country during the time of the M- Melissa Barthelmy disappearance. Based upon cellular telephone billing records, on June 4, 2010, the cellular telephone described to by defendant Hewerman's wife traveled from New York to Maryland. On June 8, 2010, the cellular telephone described to by defendant Hewerman's wife returned to New York from Maryland. <clears throat> consequently based upon cellular telephone records the cellular telephone described to by defendant human's wife was out of new york state during the time of megan waterman's disappearance based upon cellular telephone billing records on august 28, 2010 the cellular telephone described to by defendant human's wife traveled from new york to new jersey on september 5th 2010 the cellular cellular telephone to to by his wife returned to New York from New Jersey. Consequently, the cellular telephone described subscribed to by Defendant Hewerman's wife was out of New York State during the time of Amber Costello's disappearance. Cellular billing records for the cell phone of Rex A. Hewerman During the times of the disappearances and murders of the victims, Defendant Hewerman owned an architectural business lo- located in Midtown Manhattan, and this business was the named subscriber of Hewerman's cell phone, which was active during the time's of the victim's disappearances and subscribed to Hewerman's home address in Massapequa Park. Although cell site records from that time period no longer existed, investigators obtained cellular billing records which showed general location information for Hewerman's cell phone. A review of these records, as well as Hewerman's American Express records, showed nu- numerous instances where Hewerman was located in the same general locations as the burner cell phones used to contact victims of Bartholomew, Waterman, and Costello as well as those the use of Brainerd Barnes and Bartholomew's cell phones when they were used to check voicemail and make taunting phone calls after the women disappeared. Significantly, investigators could find no instance where Hewerman was in a separate location from these other cell phones when such a communication event occurred. For example, on July 10, 2009, the last day of Melissa Bartholomew was seen alive, both the burner phone and defendant Hewerman's phone were in the area of massapequa and traveled together towards new york city thereafter miss both miss barthelemy's phone and human's phone traveled eastbound towards massapequa on july 14th 2009 at approximately 7 15 p.m cell site records records indicate a burner phone used to contact miss barthelemy prior to her disappearance had activity in manhattan on the same date between Approximately 6.58 and 7.22 p.m., billing records from Huerman's cell phone also showed call locations in New York City. Following Miss Bartholomew's disappearance on July 17, 2009 at approximately 12.40 p.m., a male caller used the Bartholomew phone to contact Miss Bartholomew's family. The Bartholomew phone was located in New York City at this time, specifically attached to a cellular tower located at Four Penn Plaza which is approximately a half a mile from Hewerman's then office space, which at the time was located 19 West 36th street, New York, New York. On the same date at approximately 1 45 PM billing records from Hewerman's phone also show a call location in New York city. So he's using these burner phones and, and other phones and his phone close to where he was working in downtown Manhattan. So I think that's pretty, ter- pretty telling. And there's like little, um, pictures of this in the uh, bail application on july 22nd 2009 at six fifty one pm cell site records indicate a burner cell phone had activity in new york city specifically attached to a cellular tower located at 19 west 34th street which is a pack approximately 1.16 miles from defendant heuerman's then office space which at the time was located at 19 west 36th street new york new york On this same date, at approximately 5.12 p.m., billing records from Hewerman's cell phone listed a call located in New York City. On July 23, 2009, at approximately 1.39 p.m., cell site records indicate that the burner cell phone had activity in New York City, specifically attached to a cellular tower located at 19 West 34th Street, which is approximately 0.16 miles from Hewerman's then office space. On that same date, at approximately 12.48 p.m., billing records from Hewerman's cell phone listed a call located in New York City. So he was using a burner phone and then using his regular phone at the same location or close to it They were being used close to that location. On July 23rd, 2009, at approximately 6.42 p.m., a male caller used the Bartholomew phone to contact her family. The Bartholomew phone was located in New York City at this time specifically attached to a cellular tower located at 275 West 39th Street, which is approximately 872 feet from Hewerman's then office space. On July 23rd, 2009, between approximately 8.30 and 9.30, the burner cell phone had activity in New York City. Later on this same date, at approximately 11 p.m., billing records from Hewerman's cell phone listed a call located in Jamaica, Queens. On August 5th, 2009, between approximately 6.50 and 7.11, a mail caller used the Bartholomew phone to contact Miss Bartholomew's family. During said time period, the Bartholomew phone utilized the following cellular phone towers in New York City, which are 2,200 to 3,200 feet from Hewerman's then office space. On this same date, during a similar time frame, between approximately 6.45 and 7.05, Hewerman's cell phone listed billing locations in New York City. So it places the phone and Heuermann kind of at the same spot. On August 10th, 2009, based upon subpoenaed travel documents, Hewerman departed for Iceland and all phone activity for the Bartholomew phone stopped. On August 18th, 2009, Hewerman returned from Iceland and phone activity for the Bartholomew phone resumed the next day on august 19th 2009 at approximately 7 a male caller used the barthelemy phone to contact miss barthelemy's family cell site records indicate that the barthelemy phone was located in new york city at this time specifically attached to a cellular tower located at 249 west 36th street which is approximately half a mile from Hewerman's then office space on this same date before and after the call to barthelemy's family At approximately 7.15 to 7.28, billing records from Hewerman's cell phone, this call is located in New York City. So you're just seeing this pattern of he's in New York City, somebody's using his phone, and the Bartholomew phone is being used. On August 26, 2009, between approximately 11.30 a.m. and 11.34 a.m., a male caller used the Bartholomew phone to contact Miss Bartholomew's family. According to cell site records, the Bartholomew phone was located in New York City at this time specifically attached to the cellular tower located at four plant Penn Plaza which is approximately 0.42 miles from Huerman's then office space on the same date at approximately 1138 a.m billing records for Huerman's cell phone list a call location in New York City additional burner phones and online account activity linked to defendant Huerman as described herein, over the course of the comprehensive investigation of Defendant Heuerman, investigators located num- a number of online accounts and burner cell phones linked to Defendant Huerman, which were held by him in fictitious names and used for illicit activities. American Express records obtained via subpoena revealed recurring Google Pay payments made by Defendant Huerman to Tinder, an online dating and geosocial networking application used to find dates or hookups within a user's immediate vicinity records were then obtained from tinder which revealed that the tinder profile was set up in the name of andy hewerman's middle name is andrew with links to a burner cell phone number subscribed in the fictitious name of andrew roberts using an email account springfieldman 9 AOL.com. the springfieldman 9 AOL.com account was established with aol on january 15th 2011 in the fictitious name of john springfield with an astoria queens new york zip code using another burner cell phone which records show has no named subscriber records obtained from verizon showed that defendant huerman's cell phone was used on december 11th 2022 for a period of over three hours to access the fictitious springfield man 9 aol account similarly records obtained from t-mobile show that burner cell phone was used on multiple dates, including November 8, 2022, to access this account. A review of call records for these two additional burner cell phones revealed that both cell phones were used extensively between 2021 and 2023 for prostitution-related contacts, either with sex workers or massage parlors. In addition, cell site warrants for these burner cell phones revealed that, just like the burner cell phones defendant Hewerman used to contact the victims prior to their disappearances, these additional burner cell phones had frequent cell site activity in Midtown Manhattan and Massapequa Park. Specifically, the records revealed that both these burner cell phones consistently had activity on the cellular towers that provided coverage to defendant Hewerman's residence in Massapequa Park and his business in New York City. Legal process served on Google seeking records or accounts associated with the device identifiers of these additional burner cell phones revealed a connection to yet another burner, or junk email account, namely THawk080672, gmail.com, here and after the THawk email account. Google records further indicate that the THawk email account was subscribed in the fictitious name Thomas Hawk. A search warrant revealed that the THawk email account associated with Burner's cell phone number was used to contact thousands, conduct thousands of searches related to sex workers sadistic torture related pornography or child pornography including mistress long island mature escorts manhattan girl begging for rape porn teen girl begging for rape porn pretty girl with bruised face torture redhead porn 10 year old school girl skinny redhead tied up i mean it just goes on one asian twink tied up crying 10 year old blonde hair girl Chubby 10-year-old girl. Black girl, 10 years old. Girl with face beat up. Chubby 10-year-old girl crying, Nude slave girls. Old janitors. Schoolgirl. The T-Hawk email account was also used to conduct in excess of 200 searches between March 22 and June 2023 related to active and known serial killers, the specific disappearances and murders of Maureen Brainerd Barnes, Melissa Bartholomew, Megan Waterman, and, A- and Amber Costello, and the investigation into their murders. These searches or articles accessed include, but are not limited to, why would law enforcement not trace the calls made by the Long Island serial killer? Why hasn't the Long Island serial killer been caught? Long Island serial killer. Long Island serial killer phone call. Long Island serial killer update. Long Island serial killer update 2022. FBI active serial killers map of all known serial killers unsolved serial killer cases america's five most notorious old cases 11 currently active serial killers john bitroff megan waterman melissa barthelemy maureen Brainerd barnes relatives to some of the killed cops launched gilgo beach homicide investigation task force mapping the long island murder victims inside the long island serial killer and gilgo beach In Long Island serial killer investigation, new phone technology may be key to breaking case. The T-Hawk email account was also used to search for a number of podcasts and or documentaries regarding this investigation, as well as repeatedly viewing hundreds of images depicting murdered victims and members of their immediate families. Significantly, defendant Hewerman also searched for and viewed articles concerning the very task force that was investigating him. You'll see some of these websites. Cops launch Kilgobish Beach homicide investigation. This case is solvable. New task force aims to solve Long Island serial killer case. A search warrant conducted on the fictitious Springfield Man Nine AOL account further revealed selfie f- photographs that appear to have been taken by defendant Rex Huerman of himself and sent to other persons to solicit and arrange for sexual activity, further linking Huerman to the fictitious email account and burner cell phone number used to establish the account. Defendant Rex A. Hewerman was further linked to the burner cell phone because on May 19, 2023, Defendant Hewerman was observed by law enforcement via video and field surveillance at a cell phone store in Midtown Manhattan and purchased additional minutes which were added to this burner cell phone. There's pictures of him going into the uh, T-Mobile office. <clears throat> Analysis of the Springfield Man 9 EOL account also led to the discovery of another email account, Hunter1903A3, herein after the Hunter1903A3 Google account, used on February 14th, 2021, to send an image of a prostitute from upstate New York between two of Hewerman's secret email accounts. Further investigation revealed that the Hunter1903A3 Google account was created on February 14th, 2021 using a burner cell phone number as the user's phone number, an SMS recovery number, and subscribed to the fictitious name Andy Roberts. The same fake name linked to the target Tinder profile and burner cell phone number, as well as the same alias utilized by defendant Ewerman in communications with numerous potential sex partners responding to his advertisements for sex. And the fictitious birthday of August 6, 1972, which corresponds to the digital ending of the burner account thawk060080672 at gmail.com. In addition to Google provided IP address information for the user's acceptance of the terms of service, which revealed that the terms of service were accepted February 14, 2021, from a specific IP address. Significantly, records were obtained from Altis, doing business as Optimum, which is an internet services provider, indicating the IP address at Defendant Huerman's home address was also this ip address wow moreover based upon scpd records for the official website gilgonews.com a website maintained by the scpd to disperse news pertaining to this investigation defendant huerman's home ip address was used on may 23rd 2020 and july 3rd 2020 to access the official news concerning this this investigation Records obtained from JetBlue also show that the same IP address was also utilized to book flights for Defendant Heuermann and his wife in 2018. When analyzing the usage of all devices and accounts used by Defendant Heuermann, there appears to be a clear pattern wherein Huerman used burner phones and burner junk email addresses to, one, contact sex workers and sex partners to conduct extensive searches related to sex and prostitution, violent, sadistic, and child pornography, and three, seek online information about the authorities investigating his crimes. These burner cell phones and email accounts with fictitious identities were used in an effort to conceal Hewerman's true identity, conceal his criminal activity, unlawfully proposition sex workers, and attempt to monitor the investigation of his crimes. DNA analysis of hairs recovered from the examination of the victim's bodies. During the course of this investigation, each of the four victims' bodies were examined by a forensic scientist with the Suffolk County Crime Laboratory, which revealed as follows. Maureen Brainerd Barnes. Miss Brainerd Barnes had been left restrained by three leather belts, one of which was utilized to tie Barnes's feet, ankle, legs together. During the examination of the belts, a female human hair was recovered from the buckle of one of the belts by the Suffolk County Crime Lab. On or about December 18, 2010, the Suffolk County Laboratory, this hair was able to determine, determine that it was corresponded to a Caucasian head hair fragment. Although this hair was not suitable for nuclear DNA profiling at that time, it was subsequently submitted for further DNA analysis. Megan Waterman, Megan Waterman had been bound by clear or white duct tape. During the course of the examination of Miss Waterman's body, two female human hairs were recovered, one from outside the head area and another from the tape of the head area. Both hairs were recovered in the vicinity of Miss Waterman's head. Examination by the Suffolk County Laboratory indicated that the two hairs on Waterman exhibited European Caucasian characteristics, but were unsuitable for further DNA testing at that time. The two female hairs on Waterman were subsequently submitted to further DNA analysis. Amber Costello. An examination of the body of Miss Amber Costello revealed she appeared to have been bound by three pieces of clear or white duct tape. During the course of the examination of Miss Costello's body, a female human hair was recovered, specifically on a piece of tape inside of the burlap wrapping in the vicinity of Miss Costello's head. A subsequent examination of the female hair on Costello led to the determination that it had. Caucasian European characteristics, however, it was unsuitable for further DNA testing at that time by the Suffolk County Crime Laboratory. It was sub- subsequently submitted for further DNA analysis. Forensic Laboratory number one. As noted above, the female hair on Bards, the two female hairs on Waterman, and female hair on Costello were all sent to outside forensics laboratory. Forensic laboratory number one applies DNA techniques and direct genome sequencing in difficult-to-solve forensic casework and identification of human remains. In or about July, 20, July 2022, Forensic Laboratory number 1 was able to determine that each of the aforementioned female hairs recovered on the three victims each belonged to a female individual in mitochondrial haplogroup K1C2 and that this female was not any of the victims. On or about July twenty-first, 2022, an undercover SCPD detective, recovered 11 bottles from a trash receptacle that had been left out for collection in front of the residence of defendant Rex A. So they started investigating him a year ago. Wow. The Suffolk County Crime Laboratory took swabs of said bottles, which were subsequently sent to Forensic Laboratory No. 1 for DNA profiling. Based on these new submissions on or about February twenty-fourth, 2023, Forensic Laboratory No. 1 was able to conclude that one of the DNA profiles generated from the aforementioned bottles taken from defendant Heuermann's residence indicated a female individual belonging to mitochondrial haplogroup K1C2, which is the same mitochondrial haplogroup as the female hairs recovered from the three victims. This profile was then compared against the previously tested female hair sample recovered on the remains of Miss Megan Waterman, which indicated that the two belonged to the same individual or somebody closely related. Based upon the investigation and the evidence recovered to date, the female is believed to be the wife of defendant Heuerman. Forensic Laboratory 2. On or about March 23, 2023, the Suffolk County Crime Laboratory requested Forensic Laboratory No. 2, a lab specializing in forensic mitochondrial analysis, to conduct additional independent analysis. On or about June 12, 2023, Forensic Laboratory No. 2 issued a report concluding that the DNA sample from the female recovered from the bottles outside the residence of defendant Huerman, i.e. Heuermann's wife, and the female on Costello indicated that the mitochondrial DNA profiles are the same at all compared positions common to and between samples, specifically at a rate that would, as per the MEMPOP database, exclude 99.98%. Of the North American population from the female hair on Costello. EMPOP is shorthand for the European DNA profile group, mitochondrial DNA population database, which is a web-based collection of human mitochondrial sequence data from various populations worldwide. The North American database includes 12,386 sequences of North American forensic significance. This statistical analysis incorporates a 95 percent confidence level or margin of error as the north american database does not include every single dna sequence of north american forensic significance which would require the typing of every individual in the population forensic laboratory 2 then compared the profile associated with the dna sample from human's wife to one of the two aforementioned female hairs recovered on the remains of miss waterman which also resulted in the conclusion that the mitochondrial DNA profiles are the same at all compared positions, common to and between samples, specifically at a rate that would, as per the MPOP database, exclude 99.69% of the American population from the hair recovered on Ms. Waterman. Based on the foregoing, while 99.98% of the North American population can be excluded from the female hair on Costello, and 99.69% of the North American population are excluded from the female hair and Waterman. It is significant that R.H.'s wife cannot be excluded from either the female hairs recovered on the remains of Megan Waterman or Amber Costello. As previously previously noted, Defendant Huerman's wife was out of state at the time of Miss Waterman and Miss Costello's disappearance and murders. As such, it is likely that the burlap tape, vehicles, and other instrumentalities utilized in furtherance of these murders came from defendant huerman's residence where his wife also resides or was transferred from his clothing male hair linked to defendant huerman during the initial examination of miss waterman's skeletal remains and the burlap materials the suffolk county crime laboratory was also able to recover a male hair from the bottom of the burlap used to wrap miss waterman by her killer an initial examination of said hair revealed caucasian european characteristics However, the hair was unsuitable for further DNA analysis at that time by the Suffolk County Crime Laboratory. This hair sub- subsequently submitted, was subsequently submitted for further DNA analysis on or about July 31, 2020. Forensic Laboratory No. 1 was able to generate a DNA pro- profile for the hair recovered on the bottom of the Waterman burlap. Specifically, Forensic Laboratory No. 1 determined that this hair belonged to a male in mitochondrial haplogroup B78. Following the discovery of the Chevrolet avalanche, which was registered to defendant Huerman, in the investigation of cellular billing records and other items, on or about January 26, 2023, a surveillance team observed and recovered a pizza box thrown by defendant Rex A. Hewerman into a garbage can located in front of 385 Fifth Avenue in Manhattan, see below. So there's a picture of it in this... Uh, this bail bail thing there's the pizza the pizza box was sent to the Suffolk County Crime Laboratory for analysis where a swab was taken from the leftover pizza crust on or about March 23rd 2023 the Suffolk County Crime Laboratory sent the swab from the pizza crust abandoned by defendant Hewerman to Forensic Laboratory number two on or about April 28, 2023 a detective hand delivered from Forensic Laboratory number one a portion Of male hair on waterman to forensic laboratory number two for testing on or about june 12th 2023 forensic laboratory number two was able to determine as to the male hair on waterman and the swab from the pizza crust that the mitochondrial dna profiles are the same specifically at a rate that would as per the mpop database exclude 99.96 percent of the north american population from the male hair on waterman based on the foregoing while 99.96% of the North American population can be excluded from the male hair in Waterman, it is significant that defendant Heuerman cannot be excluded from the male hair recovered near the bottom of the burlap utilized to restrain and transport Megan Waterman's naked and deceased body. Arrest and search of Heuerman, his residence, and other locations. On or about the evening of July 13, 2023, defendant Rex A. Heuerman was arrested by Suffolk County police officers and actually I actually have a videotape of that. It's pretty interesting. I'll show it. Searches of his residence, as well as other locations, are currently ongoing. At the time of his arrest, defendant Huerman had on his person the burner cell phone number, which was linked to the T-Hawk email account used to conduct the online searches described above. Penalties. If convicted on the current charges, defendant Rex A. Heurman faces multiple sentences of life without parole. Remand without bail is appropriate. Based on the serious, heinous nature of these offenses, the strength of the people's case, the life incarceration the defendant faces upon conviction, the extreme measures this defendant took to attempt to avoid apprehension for an extended period of time, the recent sadistic and child pornography searches, use of fictitious names, email, and cell phone burner accounts, online counter surveillance, and his access to and history of possessing firearms, firearms, the people believe that the only means to ensure the defendant's return to court is to remand the defendant without bail. This was uh, dated July 14th, 2023. So that's a pretty interesting document. Let's see what I've got here. Let me see if I can pull up this um, video. Let's see. This is interesting. This is kind of like a recent chat that somebody had with him in his office and uh, just some other videos. Let me see if I can get this to play. Settings audio. Okay. Dennis, Dennis, you, know, you are uh, where you're from and how long you've been in New York. Okay. okay. Um I'm an architect. I'm an architectural consultant. I'm a troubleshooter. Born and raised on Long Island. Okay. Been right. working in Manhattan since 1987. <sighs> patience. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I was hoping you would say that. <laughs> yeah. Um, patience, and I don't like to use the word tolerance, but sometimes you have to. Yeah. And it's not just with the city, it's also with Client. Just client. He's a big guy, 6466. Six. Connected to the four additional buys. This is the picture of his arrest. So if you see this here, um, he's basically walking down the street. So this is the 13th. You can see the date right up here. That's definitely a cop in the blue shirt following him. He was a big operation to get him. You can see how big he is compared to everybody else. But uh, they must have just wanted to film on this for some reason. But then the guy the guy walks right in front of his face, and there they all are, all the cops in the suits. It's basically four days ago. So that's kind of interesting. And then. There's weird things about this case that on the bodies of the four women that I just talked about, there were these dolls. Somebody left these weird dolls. Not weird, but these dolls there, like they had been stuffed. Was the Gilgo Beach serial killer leaving gifts is a question somebody on social media, and you can see these pictures. And then from July 15th, childlike doll removed from alleged Gilgo Beach killer's home as cops search for any trophies. So, like, there's a weird doll, one of these dolls, it looks like, that was left at these bodies, was in a kind of glass case at his house. Strange. And then somebody flew, like, there's a lot of activity in the back of his house. Seems like ten guys sifting through stuff. He had a downstairs, you know, basement outside. you had to reach it from the outside. So, that's kind of strange, too. Let's see if I can get this thing going. Um, The other thing, it's just like I'll show a few pictures here. Nothing much, but I mean, that's pretty much it. I think that the bail hearing was pretty interesting. Let me see if I can get this up. But this is kind of an idea of the serial killer, the locations and stuff on the map. You can see how many bodies there were. It wasn't just the four mentioned in this. So I think that's important. Um, There's that case, the child side case. But here's the people who died. Like they mentioned, Costello, Bartholomew, Brainerd Barnes, and Waterman. There are also people who are found. Shannon Gilbert, Jessica Taylor, Valerie Mack, Jane Doe. One person named Peach is a toddler. So it seems like there were other people involved. There was other killers too around. There was another guy named John... Bittrolf, who got busted on Long Island for killing two people. And it was like a weird fact about it. It's like one of his victims' sisters knew bartholomew Like it's uh, a further link between Bill trough and the Long Island serial killer case that's Lisk or now it's human has been established. The adult daughter of Bill trough victim, Rita Tangredi, was reportedly best friends with Melissa Bartholomew. So it's so crazy two different serial killers killed two friends. And this is a picture. I don't know where this picture came from, but it, I think it shows like the garbage can where they got the pizza that he was eating. And he's even on the street. I think it's fifth Avenue too. I don't think, I think it's kind of nice. They're searching his storage unit. So that's taking place. Um, his wife is in Iceland. So he was up when his wife left town. He was on the prowl. It seems like his wife is, is his second wife. And then there's this girl who had a conversation with him. He said like he creeped he creeped her out. Interior designer Dominique says accused accused Gilgo Beach serial killer Rex Hewerman talked to her about the slangs months ago. And then lots of gun. He had 92 legal permits. Pretty incredible. New York PD will use DNA obtained off pizza crust to possibly link Gilgo beach suspect to cold cases. Yeah. So there might be all their victims. Find out. This is the mom of one of the victims, Shannon Gilbert. Police execute search warrant at storage unit in relation to the Gilgo case. There's that case. Somebody wrote on social media. I worked with man over 10 year. I'm shaking. I hated him. I'm a young female. He always scared me. He was awful. He was a hunter who also went to Africa and killed animals. And there's all kinds of weird stuff that went on around there. Like there was other investigations. There was another guy, police chief, um, accusations that he's tied to the Gilgo Beach zero killings. Like the police chief was corrupt. His name was Burke, but just really weird stuff. Hewerman was planning to retire on secluded South Carolina property. That's where his brother lived. Exclusive accused Gilgo Beach killer, Rex Huerman had secret lock room in his basement and refused to let interior designer in, saying it was filled with guns. She says he was just like Dexter. That's his Tinder profile. Gilgo Beach suspect used bathroom selfie and fake name to trap women on dating app. Yipes. Yeah, but this other guy's John Biltroff was his name. I just, He was close to where the killings had. He lived in this place called Massapequa Park that was right across from the Gilgo Beach, like literally a mile or two. It wasn't a direct route to Gilgo Beach, but like really close. I mean, like within five miles is the crow flies from where all these bodies were found. But the Bill Trough stuff is very strange. And uh, just the amount of deaths and things like that. The FBI involvement. I'm trying to find this whole story about this. Even there's just the story about the Corrupt cop who was involved, this Burke guy, is even stranger. There's other possible victims that are around. There's other names that are that are there that may not, you know, that weren't buried there, but um, could be doing. Yeah, James Burke, former Suffolk County Police Chief James Burke was reported to have blocked an FBI probe into the Gilgo Beach case during his time as police chief. Police chief. In November 2016, Burke was sentenced to 48 months in federal prison for assault and conspiracy. Burke violently assaulted a man in custody who had stolen a duffel bag from his police vehicle. The duffel bag contained sex toys, pornography, and Viagra. Burke pleaded guilty in February 2016 to charges of a civil rights violation and conspiracy to obstruct justice. Thomas Spoda, then district attorney in Suffolk County, was convicted in December 2019 of conspiracy. To cover up burke's violent assault christopher McPartland, who had been suffolk county's anti-corruption prosecutor was also involved in the conspiracy so the anti-corruption prosecutor was involved in the conspiracy and then it just goes on again. december 2016 an attorney for shannon gilbert not mentioned in this case family reported that an escort had stated that she suspected that burke might be connected to the gogo beach cases the escort who identifies herself as leanne stated that at one party she'd attended in April 2011, right around the time of the death, in Oak Beach, she, she had seen Burke drag a woman of Asian appearance by the hair to the ground. Leanne said that when she saw Burke at a later party, in August 2011, she decided to engage in sexual activity with him. She described an experience in which Burke violently yanked her head to the point of tears. Just really strange stuff. Joel Rifkin, I mean, he was a notorious serial killer in Long Beach. I mean, Long Island, excuse me. Um, But yeah, so strange case. There'll probably be a lot of stuff that'll come out. But uh, this guy, Rex Hewerman, is the alleged uh, Gilgo Beach killer. And I, I suspect we'll see a lot more information come out. Thanks for listening.